everybody, and welcome back to the Sloppy Lab. This is Bottom of the Beaker, the show about the design, ducks, and strategy of Keyforge. I am JT Russell, and with me tonight is the man who made it through 3,457 chicken nuggets before somebody finally told him it ain't that type of KFC weekend. <laughs> good. Very good. How long was that one brewing? <laughs> oh, I was, I missed the opportunity last year. So, you know, <laughs> sitting on that for, <laughs> for, a, whole that for year. a while. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Good yeah. evening, JT. Good evening, quick draw. And also tonight we have with us, uh, Ahawk was in the other room, but Behawk was with me in the open <laughs> side. <laughs> hello. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. Hello, Behawk. Hello. Welcome. Yeah. We had a great time yeah. hanging out with you last weekend. It was great. It was good to see you guys. Good to see the Slappy Lab crew together. Most that of was, us. That was awesome. Five well, of us. Technically most of us. Five of us. Yeah. There's more. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> yeah, above, over half. <laughs> there were a lot of Slappy Lab work uh, shirts around too. That was pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, from us, not, not like other people buying our swag. <laughs> we don't, we don't yeah. sell swag. Not this is not a for-profit endeavor. We just but, uh, drain JT's bank account for everything and call it day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was super awesome. Uh, yeah, first time getting to meet you in person, uh, Behawk. And, yeah, uh, it's really, really good to put uh, faces to screen names and screen names to faces and all that jazz. It was, it was good. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and some international tenants for us too. We had uh, uh, JDG coming down from the Canadias, uh, which was great. And not tonight from Poland. That was uh, excellent to see her too. Yeah, I even brought Canada. I always forget that Canada's foreign. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> like JDG didn't cross an ocean to get here. <laughs> but not he, tonight, uh, did. Yeah, he, wild. She did she did? That was that was awesome. Uh, actually, the the international attendance in general was excellent. Uh, I was really impressed to see uh, how many folks came out. I mean, uh, I sat down at one point, and it was. I don't know if it was if you were there quick draw or not, but there was like four people from the same NKFL group, like group, not just league, like from the same group. Uh, it was like the gold alpha or something or no silver alpha. I forget. But they were like, wow, we have half of our pod here. My <laughs> <We're all international. laughs> that, that might have been my group. We had five of us and we took a group photo together. No way. Five, five people from silver gamma out of eight were there. Wow. See, I wish I had brought my full NKFL lineup because Zenzi Zenzi Zenzik was there. Yeah. I actually played him in the open event, but yeah, that could have been played. Yeah. But I was, I was, I left one at home. Yeah. Just didn't expect to play it. I played enough games where it's not tonight that we could have just called that our hex ad. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And uh, welcome to folks in the chat too. I see some familiar uh, names from the past weekend, and some folks who would have been would have been nice to catch, but maybe next time. So yeah, welcome to DataForge Stream. Got the clogging. Got oh, Flock Small, Joe, yeah, Funginator and uh, Ketzer. Yeah, yeah. We actually, actually, asked some S. We asked some questions of the ghosts uh, for you, uh, Ketzer too. So we'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, but but yeah, very fun. So I don't know. Well, this was an awesome weekend. Why don't we just start with? uh you know some of our favorite moments this episode is just going to be uh really a, a retrospective in general we'll we'll talk about some of the stuff that we enjoyed some of the stuff that we heard and and or maybe notably didn't hear uh and hopefully not bore you all but with our gushing over how much we enjoyed each other's company <laughs> yeah 
I mean, it was um, it was a great experience. And just before we get into it, uh, you know, anyone that couldn't make it, you know, don't feel sad. It was it was a happy event, and I wish that everyone could have been there. But it was just very positive, I think, for KeyForge in general. It, even if you couldn't attend, I think you should really, you know, just revel in the fact that it was a really really fantastic event, and Ghost Galaxy is making some great strides and hosting a really wonderful thing for everybody. And even if you couldn't make it, it's a great sign for the game. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't get to go to the first one, um, but we'll say that uh, for this event, just the overall energy, positivity, the outlook for the game. Uh, yeah, it was it was just really, really great times all around. Um, so couldn't un- underscore that with a heavier line. Great yeah, uh, I went to the last year's KFC and that, that was great. That was a blast. But this year had such such a big impact. Like so many people were there. The, the hall was packed. Everyone was there. They were all happy to be playing Keyforge together. It was just it was just a good time overall. Yeah. What a cool venue, too. I Game love that venue. Really a lot of fun. <laughs> tons of games, tons of space. The food was actually better than advertised last week yeah. here on this show. I thought, I thought the burrito was fantastic. The chips were just salty enough. And uh, they had a good variety of beer. Uh, they I, had I, lattes. They had beer. What? Yeah. What? Oh, like, I had my morning and evenings covered. That's right. There you go. And you're not even gonna you're not even gonna touch on the the Indian buffet around the corner. Quick draw. <laughs> I went to the Indian buffet three days in a row, and I have no regrets. <laughs> it was amazing. It was good. I it was good. Uh, well, I, uh, I will say I think we had. No, I think we had a little like slappy lab work lunch. Uh, sans quick draw, but yeah, I, I, uh, I missed that one. It's okay. We had Vargas there instead, and he okay. he he was a good substitute. I think he has the same yeah. first name, so we're good. That counts. Yeah, exactly. Matt, Matt, it's yeah. fine. Uh, uh, I thought Matt tonight the... called me a nerd at that one. So that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I, I thought they existed only in movies. I'm like, oh, <laughs> maybe I should shut up. <laughs> uh, she's actually like, she was. I thought she was going to tune in tonight. She's still uh, on US time, it seems. Um, oh, I, maybe, maybe she she's said like, not tonight. Maybe. Nerd. <laughs> um, I, I love the buffet because when you, you're in these events, you have like a very tight window for food, right? And you have a small lunch break and everybody like makes a beeline for the cafe and then they get backlogged. And so there's not a ton of restaurants in the immediate area, but there is plenty of time on like a one hour lunch break to just walk down right by the hotel to the Indian buffet, sit down, have a plate of good food, come back in time for the next round. Uh, so I thought the buffet itself was like a perfect option. The food was was great. Yeah, it was decently quick, for sure, and it tasted great. Mm-hmm. I, Indian Indian must be your your favorite food, Quick Draw, because the gleam in your eye when you're like, oh. "There's an Indian buffet." <laughs> just like, I, I love Indian food. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. Right on. Right I think on. that was Matt's for the other Matt's first time actually getting Indian food. Uh, yeah. I was. I, maybe this is like I don't know wrong of me to think this but i i was very surprised at the two of our polish friends who were there who were both like yeah let's do it let's go to indian food we get indian food all the time they knew exactly what to order and i was like i'm kind of surprised that there are this many indian restaurants in poland because there's not that many in other parts of europe that i've been to hmm. learn something new every day and yeah. we're, we're more worldly and uh, i don't know more knowledgeable from going to kfc yeah. how about that <laughs> there you go yeah but not uh, the restaurant i don't know not what fox mall's booing they were booing the uh, the not tonight puns, which I mean, 
if you if you came here hoping to get no puns, <laughs> you're gonna be disappointed. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Um, so I, I the I think one of the first things that I'm gonna say just get it out of the way. Favorite parts of the weekend, hanging out with everybody, you guys especially, the rest of the team, all the other people that we've met online, and uh, the coolest thing to me was how many people. This is this was really actually genuinely surprising me. How many people said to me, "I love your podcast." Like, thanks so much. People that like I had never met before, never talked to online before said it. The number of people that said that to me was more than one, which was astounding. <laughs> and then and then your mom dropped you off at the airport. And you went to- <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, that was, that was it. <laughs> uh, I definitely appreciated to know that some people definitely tuned in because they made the joke. When I didn't make Top Cut, they're like, well... Maybe if you were a hawk, and that was great. Thank you, Fudgenator. That was amazing. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Uh, but one of my favorite moments, um, besides hanging out with you guys, uh, was just the energy during like the keynote when all the houses started coming up and everyone's like shouting, like they're like boo when disc comes on and then logos comes in and everyone's like yeah logos and then everybody loves logos and, and then Sarian comes on. And you see David Papiani's friends, they, they just start going, Ben Scala! Ben Scala! <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Was I didn't so hear good. that. Yeah, that was, that was a good. little nugget for us over in that little corner there. Uh, Matt caught it on video. It was just our favorite sound bite on our way home. Just so good. <laughs> uh, we'll have to add that to uh, the end of the podcast here. Yeah. Whenever we release it. Give that to the uh, the production manager over here. Okay, I'll, I'll talk to Matt and see if I can get it. <laughs> um, they everyone booed unfathomable. I think right. That was like the one that got the most boos. I thought Dis did, to be honest. I think Dis got the ironic boos, and then they were like, "Oh, you're supposed to be the heel, you know, Demon's House or whatever." And then unfathomable came, and remember was like, "Well, I'm either booing because I was unimpressed in in Dark Tidings, or I'm just <laughs> super tired of getting befuddled." <laughs> <laughs> Probably that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what about you, JT? You got a favorite moment from the weekend? Mm, the of of not hanging out with Pete's moments. Uh, man, that's that's tough. You know what? I really enjoyed way more than I thought I was going to. Um, the menagerie games. Uh, I I really did. I know Quick Draw. You're probably not in my camp on this one. I don't know where you're. I don't know where you land on this, Beehawk. But uh, yeah, I like the menagerie games a lot. I really appreciated being there for the keynote. Uh, it was kind of it was kind of fun to, to listen on that and see where folks' heads were at in terms of the future of the game over the next you know immediate future of the game. And actually, the uh, the Q and A session and just kind of getting to chat with some of the uh, ghosts Ghost Galaxy folks one on one around that time was was super cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so those those are some highlights for me. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, to piggyback on that with uh, the Menagerie games, I mean, it felt a lot like Unchained, like in terms of, so KFC last year, it was Unchained, but it was Unchained Duel, so like in order to get more Unchained, you had to play your deck and either win or lose with it. It's the perfect format, it just makes it so social because nobody knows what to expect in those games. Mm-hmm. And the same sort of thing happened with Menagerie decks, except Menagerie just had that extra synergy that Unchained was lacking. And I heard that there was dis, and there's going to be like sins packets, and here I am hoping to get another seven sins deck 
and the person across from me gets a four sins deck and i'm like oh man i thought it was gonna be all seven i really hoped you know they, sh- they and... should have made it like guaranteed all seven if you get them yeah but then i guess maybe they were considering like other formats of like i don't know that are brewing or something because hmm. i don't know if you heard of keymander but that's like cross set and he sets fine in that i can only imagine if somebody had two seven sins deck for a pod for that hmm. sorry if i'm going too far into a topic that we hasn't even brought up at all but keymander is one that we should talk about in a bit but um i just want to ask like what is the synergy you speak of in menagerie because i saw right. i know <laughs> you didn't see it uh but i opened an mgka pod i opened a an anomaly precision which like you know how anomaly exploiter usually sucks it added all of these targeted damage things like double twin bolt emission and stuff like that and then it had like triple amber storm which deals Mm. a damage for every amber you have and then it had the full titan suite had two titan mechanics and three titan guardians so like sometimes i'm like i'm gonna kill my own stuff and draw extra cards so it was a weird interesting packet i i would not have thought of that in a million years but (laughs) it worked out but you had generosity with it, right? I did have generosity yeah, with so it. So am I the only so, person that did not open a generosity key abduction deck? Actually, that one did not have key abduction. Okay. But I did open another one that had Martian generosity with key abduction. So um, I'm going to try not to be salty about this for very long, but I opened two menagerie decks, and I never want to open another menagerie deck in my life. <laughs> the first one I open um, has, has status raptors in it, which is like... So perfect. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> I, I literally was, I found, I went back in, in my Discord history and I found that I was telling my locals about Menagerie a couple weeks ago. And I was like, some poor soul is going to open up all his status raptors and like Chenille Bombix. And that's, that, that person's going to be a major sucker for spending $15 on those decks. <laughs> Here I am. Now, to be fair, that deck also had an Obsidian Forge and Soul Snatcher, which is like cool if you draw them, but with no efficiency mm-hmm. and facing against Jenka every single match. When are you going to get to play that? Uh, so I was like, all right, maybe my first one just sucked. Let's buy another one, right? And the second one actually made it way worse. The second one, my two packets were a Tangaika, like with the primordial, primordial Vault, and the only other token maker is a single Ragnarok prep. So like, that's three cards that are never going to do anything. Major miss. And the second packet in that deck is uh, a Lycanthropy, which is like a werewolf packet. It is literally just one untamed creature and one upgrade. And that upgrade is so bad that I actually played it on my opponent's creature. Isn't it like werewolf or something? Yeah, it's like it it you play it and it enrages the creature and it gives them splash attack. And after they fight, you archive the upgrade. Are you but sure that's, that's what the are you sure that's what the pod got you or the packet I got swear. you? It says yes, I swear that's it. it was it was a a gnarl gibbous and okay. that upgrade that makes them a werewolf. That was my oh. packet. And JT got a Martian Generosity key abduction with that target Mars card that lets you archive anything from your discard pile and the soft landing to let you play Jenka every single turn of the entire <laughs> game. But I have a werewolf, so <laughs> fair is fair. Um, you're, you're missing too that I that same deck had also <laughs> the seven curses. <laughs> yeah, all seven. Uh, my my first one was a Hollow Fest um, menagerie. That was that was cool. 
JDG uh, had one of those too. I, so really what's good. funny is he and I played each other, and I see his token, and I and I'm like, okay, that's cool. You have Berserker, I have Berserker, and then he uh lets me play Holofest like turn two or turn three or something. I'm like, what are you gonna do? And the very next turn, he's like, well, you have a full board. I guess I'll play my Holofest. And my Holofest had Shock Herder. His Holofest, he also had Shock Herder, except his Jedhammer had a Capture Pip and a Draw Pip. So not only did he rule his six Jedhammer, he also captured six of my Amber and drew six cards and did other shenanigans. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's that's way better than mine. <laughs> I, I, uh, we won I went to six, games. and you just went to 18. So. Yeah. I think you won like a dozen games or more with that deck. Um, yeah, it, it was insane. It was a really crazy deck. I played him once, and he played Halifest three times in our game. Like, oh, my gosh. And then I actually had my Soul Snatcher out, and he had his Halifest turn. And despite me having like a, a full board of like at least six creatures with Soul Snatcher out, I ended the turn with no Amber. Because of like capture pip that you talked yeah, about yeah. and like all this other stuff, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> that that was just like a specially broken menagerie deck for sure. Yeah, pretty cool though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. cool if you can get those. I don't know what that's yeah. like, but um, if anyone's interested in a menagerie deck, I will not tell you the cards that are in it, but I will sell it to you for cheap. <laughs> <laughs> there may be werewolves. <laughs> there, there might be. Werewolves. There might be. So man, I regret I regret only having two. I wish I had a third menagerie deck so I could do some uh, three fates or seal tried with them or not seal tried but tried with them or something. Two's an um, number. I guess I wait for the game found now, and I, I don't want yours. Yeah. <laughs> I literally gave away my third card to buy another menagerie deck. Yeah. I was like, I'm not I'm not into this. It's not my thing. Uh-huh. Well, to each their own. To each their own. Yeah. It was. I hope other an, people enjoyed it. I it was it was being enjoyed. I liked it. it. it what what enjoyed. I liked the most was the incentive behind it of like reporting your games, getting a ticket, or getting another deck if it sucked, sort of thing. So yeah, it was a good um, system. I agree. Yeah, two wins for a ticket, two losses for a new menagerie deck, like an mm-hmm. opportunity to buy a new menagerie deck. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So so here's here's kind of the question. I mean, we folks are really excited about Unchained when it first came out. Uh, at least the idea of it. Uh, folks played it a lot at KFC right? Uh, yeah. Sort of similar to how we did at, uh, at Menagerie with this current one. Do you think folks are going to be playing much Menagerie tomorrow and, you know, forward? Here's, the, here's the thing with it, is that the reason why the decks were successful is that there was a social impact behind it. Mm-hmm. So, like, playing it online with another person that somehow miraculously you land in your Unchained game, it's like, it just doesn't have the same impact as like you basically being forced to play with what do you have whatever you have at that moment uh but same thing with menagerie I, I anticipate um it's it's a more social impact game um mm. using those decks and which is why i also say like keymander for example would it'd be great for that format as well yeah Dataforge Stream asked if we think we sh- that they should have those kind of social events at Voltors as well. I would say definitely. I yes, for sure. Yeah, I think they had some. Uh, I, did they have any adventures at other Voltors, or was that just really so? Um, yeah, they had the adventures. I, I recall doing a speed run for Gormengeist, Fall of House Gormengeist at the Roseville Vault Tour. They had that set up, but I don't know if that was because it was at their headquarters. Hmm. Bolt tour or what? Um, yeah. Not sure what you guys experienced. 
I Philly. don't think they had any adventures in Philly, but I could be misremembering. Mm. There wasn't as much table space. Mm. If it was happening, it didn't hit my radar. Um, and also, Flax Mall saying that there were hints dropped that there may be other uses for uh, the Menagerie decks going forward. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not getting rid of them, uh, but it'd be, be cool to see if there is something. I could, I mean, I could see a, a long running like leaderboard uh, kind of yeah. carrying forward the one that went from uh, this past weekend, um, or just or just kind of bring them back to to showdown with new newly opened Menagerie decks. Also, I just I really like the back design. I'll show it here, which is going to make for terrible radio, but this was an example of one um, folks can see. But like this Graphic sort of design is just so stunning. So just, stunning. Yeah. I think they look great too. The only ones, there are some gray ones that are just like, like just grayscale and they, they lose a lot of it. But the ones that have a color with them, like the orange that you just showed, they definitely mm. look really good. Yeah. Really I pop. love the red, and the blue. Mm. The red looks great. Yeah. Sort of this well, like circus tinty, uh, tinty thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I've talked about Menagerie more than I ever want to talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to actually this conversation along. Okay. Okay. So should we talk about Grim Reminders then? Because, uh, man, you had reservations, Quick Draw. You had I, lots I had of a lot of reservations. Yeah. Before we played Saturday night, JT, you and I were, I think, walking back to the hotel. And I was kind of just like, I forget exactly what I was down about. I think it was like probably a mixture of, um, you know, some of the errata that we saw, like Ecto Charge being free, or like, I was just super nervous. Like, man, this set's going to be like, power creep terrible it's going to just kind of ruin the game for me and then we played on saturday night and granted i opened a pretty sweet deck but i will say that all of my games were just fun they were it's just like i loved the grim reminders experience i think the the blind essentially blind sealed for everybody was so much fun because you're seeing like every game you're seeing multiple cards you've never seen before which is an awesome experience and more than anything the games felt like keyforge to me again which i did not really often get that from winds of exchange like this felt like it went back to the roots but still had a lot of depth to it i really mm-hmm. loved grim reminders for that reason and yeah there's going to be some crazy powerful cards um but i'm not nearly as worried as i was before the event about power creep and i just had a ton of fun with it now uh i do think you bring up a, a point though about it being basically blind sealed that i want to touch on and it's just my feeling about sealed alliance i love sealed alliance but i don't think it belongs with a new like a pre-release quote-unquote event i think it's much better for players to be able to just pick a deck play a game and they can switch between rounds i Mm -hmm. i don't think i think there's just too much decision space when you have not just six but nine pods possibly to choose from um i just i think it's too much especially when players aren't familiar with the cards and i totally agree with that i ended up actually just playing a single deck i didn't make an alliance i just used one deck. and granted you can you can still do that right like you can choose to make your experience that way but for players that are like oh no this is alliance and then you're like i'm here i'm in my first game and i'm handing my deck over to my opponent being like hey can you help me sleep this up real quick (laughs) 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 shout out to noble one who is a, a good sport about it and i'm glad he won the game because it did end up going to time which i felt a little bad about but uh it was it was a good experience overall Mm -hmm. yeah i uh gosh i the the alliance crafting portion of of that event went by very quickly and i think pretty much 
everyone universally was like, wait, it's, it's time already. Like, um, Steph, no, I'm like, yeah. still reading all these cards. Mm-hmm. I, 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 didn't try to make an alliance i uh, i played actually it was three rounds it ended up being three rounds that event and we had three decks i played each deck once uh just as it was and tried nice. to get you know just a little taste of what each of them had to offer um and i don't know i think it was it was the way to do it it felt didn't feel like you know there were there were things at stake i think the people who went three and oh ended up with getting a few i think a few vault master decks or a vault master i thought it was but yeah vault master deck um, so I mean, something, but I mean, by and large, folks were just having fun, enjoying the new cards and trying not to take it too uh, cutthroaty. Um, Are we yeah. going to offer up any advice for those that haven't picked their house combination? <laughs> still, they're still thinking. <laughs> um, did you guys pick it? I, so I did not back. I, I planned on buying product through my store um, if and when that develops. So, yeah, I ended up picking uh, Untamed for all three of my custom decks. Untamed xx or uh, i went untamed and geistoid actually for all of them and then my third one i switched it between the three i went with one with star alliance one with mars one with equidon okay i like that although i do think brabnar i know i was, was so close to taking Brabnar. it was like the perfect chaos you know <laughs> like i'm like i've been waiting for brabnar to have like chaos efficiency and this is it so yeah, yeah. Brabnar is very good. The deck that I played, mm-hmm. in fact, has Untamed, Unfathomable, and Brabnar. And there's some cool stuff. There's a Curse of Cowardice in there. There's a Witch Queen in there. Uh, and there's just a ton of pips in the Unfathomable. Um, and the Brabnar creature control is, is legit. Like, there's a lot of cards with pips that deal damage. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very good, I thought. Um, yeah, I, I was very close to choosing Brabnar as well. Yeah. It's really cool to see some of the new cards just in general, just like what they're doing, the new the new um, mechanics that it has and the discard pips and all that stuff. Just cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sloppy pip, you mean? The sloppy, the pip. sloppy pip. Yes, that's right. The sloppy <laughs> pip. Yeah. Yeah. If you uh, upgrade a lab work to a sloppy lab work, one of those sloppy pips. That's right. Mm, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, I opened. Uh, so I'm just going to show this again terrible for radio but i opened a deck with a witch queen um which brings in like some legacy witches and i happen to bring in a legacy hunting witch whoa which is pretty sweet uh and it has great synergy with the witch queen as well um which will let all your other witches gain destroyed return this to your hand if it's in the center of your battle line so um tons of synergy really cool stuff with the witches um and i just i thought untamed like it felt like coda untamed partially because i had the hunting witch but <laughs> like a witch of the eye as well a lot of other card effects just felt very similar um mm-hmm. and you mentioned like the discard pile and the recursion and stuff like that there's so much depth i thought to managing it like way more than i expected um everyone like wants to be haunted you could tell that people are like mm-hmm. milling their deck just to get haunted didn't even care what was in the discard pile and then they get some stronger effects from that uh, my untamed package has two cards that will shuffle in both players' discards into their deck, which, like against older sets, might seem terrible, but um, it against uh, the Grim Reminders, it's quite strong. And so, like those differences in understanding, like when to play something like that and when not to, I think are really interesting. That's the kind yeah. of decision space I like with this set. Yeah, I love the decision. I love how complex it is. Um, although, I just wonder, like, why did they call it Grim Reminders? <laughs> 
<laughs> like did they not they they made the card right and they're like yeah that's a that's a great name it should only be a card name and then they're coming up with set names they're like wait why does that sound so good that sounds great right it's because it was on a card already so, i don't know just which which either the card was different or or that grim reminders was uh in the set or something but yeah and there's no disc so what are you gonna do yeah What's up with the, what a miss, really? Counter synergy. It doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it till this moment. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> hey, I mean, each his own. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, I'm, yeah, I'm excited for Grim Reminders. I'm, as someone who has like danced around on this show talking about how much I dislike Woe, I'm very excited for Grim Reminders. So, do you still dislike Woe? I'm finding more and more things that I have an affinity for with Woe, and so that's making it more tolerable for me. But it took a very <laughs> long time. It took a very long time to find anything in Woe that I liked. Okay. All right. This is like the old politicians. Like, there's one way to say yes and like 50 ways to say no. That was one of the 50. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you feel like uh, power creep was a concern at all uh, between Woe and Grim Reminders or Woe and what was previous? Uh Woe, yes, definitely. Felt like a ton of power creep. Um, but mostly I'm realizing now that I think what what I hate the most about Woe is just the token generation and the math about it. Like Aurora had brought this up. I think Cloggin had brought this up. TTR had brought this up. Where like if you have a token board of like eight creatures on the board of the same house, and then you have like five or six cards in hand of that same house, that breaks the math of Keyforge. And that just felt noticeable to me in a lot of uh winds of exchange games and that's not present anymore with the tokens gone and so to me that's mm. why it feels more like keyforge again um and even though you have a lot of power creep in grim reminders i feel like at least it feels like keyforge right like you're you know people could always forge keys for free in keyforge it's a little bit easier than it used to be uh but it at least feels like keyforge and i think mm. more than anything there is at least counterplay and i think there's some depth that we're going to like explore more and more the more we play Grim Reminders. Yeah, I, I feel like triple mimicry decks are definitely going to become more valuable uh, when they see a, an ecto charge in that discard. And <laughs> I mean, I'm just. Do you want to tell the story know. about what happened this weekend with that? I don't. Do you care to? I, it's a cool story. I, so someone's yeah, got to go tell it. Uh, it wasn't my game. I don't know whose game this was, but somebody had an ecto charge in their discard pile, which uh, they. I will say this is something that concerns me. They removed the minimum of six on Ecto Charge. So if you have any Ecto Charge uh, decks in Winds of Exchange, it just got better. Uh, but someone had an Ecto Charge in the discard pile, which means if you have 26 cards in your discard, you forge for free. And his opponent had double Mimicry, and his entire discard pile was empty. And he Mimicried Ecto Charge, which purges the Mimicry, forged a key for free. Then he had a second mimicry, and he mimicried the ecto charge again to forge a second key for free to win the game. Oh my god, so good, <laughs> so <Crazy>. good. <laughs> so like, Crusader is just like so excited right now. He's just gonna like play his triple mimicry decks, discard everything in his hand every single turn, just to get to his mimicries and then win the game in one turn. Yeah, you know, I got a double mimicry Nepenthe seed with punctuated equilibrium. It's a Not fifty-seven in- sass deck. Not in Grim. Okay, not in Grim Riders. No, no not in Grim Riders. Coda or no AOA. So, so uh, actually, here's a question for you. Um, for you both, 
So the the token making we thought kind of messed with the math of the game. Do you think that there's a similar there's potential for a similar effect from lots of milling, lots of self milling, right? There's always going to be the chance that you mill a lot of one house and end up playing a two or even one house uh, deck, right? Uh, similar to how if you were to uh, tokenize a whole bunch of stuff, like I feel like the oh hey some cards are out of my deck. There's a lot of overlap between that. Uh, the effect of that from token making and the effect of that from self milling, or is so, it is it more that you know you feel like it's it breaks the game when you have just a lot of dudes from one house? I I think the dudes from one house is really what mm. is doing it because it's more like an incidental board that you're building. It's mm. that main house that's just a backup. Like you don't even have to go that house to be able to burst with your main house. Like the burst main house thing just gets broken with tokens. And I think it's purely incidental. I think it's uh, attributed to the mechanic itself. And because of that, there's not really a whole lot you can do about it. Like just making tokens. Yes, it can make your deck feel clunky, but if you make enough of them, it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, So that's really a tribute to why tokens are, in my opinion, a bit of a power creep. And it's, I don't think we'll be able to get another set like it just because of its mechanic. So I think the milling is different than the token making because there are some ways that you can take tokens back into hand, but they're pretty limited and they have to be like a specific time and your token has to survive and everything like that. I think Grim Reminders has a lot of ways to get cards back from the discard, like Mm -hmm. shuffling specific cards back into your deck or playing a specific card from your discard pile or, you know, other ways to target it like that that i don't think i i did not get the same feel to the milling being as random granted it was just like five games i played but mm-hmm. it did not feel random like tokenizing it feels random I, and i definitely felt like that like the brobnar chaos where it's like discard your whole hand is like that completely neuters any hand crafting i was doing and there's a lot of things where i'm like i can't really play this because i have this generous offer i really really want to play but I have this other card I'd like to play, but it would get rid of this generous offer. And then I had to like figure out how to like stack and put stuff on the bottom of my deck, so then I'd redraw it. It was kind of like the outposts, right? There was I had an artifact like that um, in Equidon that put a card from my discard pile on the bottom of my deck. Yep. And I managed to get like two or three generous offers in there, and then at some point. I could either choose to discard the cards on the top of my deck or do something else. I'm like, I'm just going to discard some cards and hopefully draw these. <laughs> so it's just kind of weird that the, because, and the extra discard pips, sometimes like Slot I would pip. get into the, this big hand where I'd like, I'd want to play all my cards, but three of my cards have discard pips on them. And then it's like, um, I don't want to discard these. <laughs> so we, we need to train you, Beehawk. They are sloppy to pips. To always be discarding? No, they're just... They're, they're, no, they're to say sloppy, sloppy pips. pips. My bad, my bad. Sloppy right, pips. Right. But always be card discarding as well, yes. Yeah. That's, uh, this, is, this is why it's our favorite set. Like, we love discarding I cards. Can't, I just can't wait for, like, the legacy auto-encoder or the borrows when they run up against an auto-encoder deck, you know? Just, oh, yeah. so good. Well, there's <laughs> also an action that's pretty crazy. I think it's a Geistoid action that... Um, destroys an enemy artifact and then you play it as if it were your own. So that's like essentially the same as a borrow, but um, yeah, 
it has a few different nuances to it. Like if you go against Eaton's Jar, they have to name that card Eaton's Jar. Otherwise, you are replaying the Eaton's Jar and getting to name a different card. Ooh, um, so that's but if cool. You, if you have that against an auto encoder and you're already discarding tons of stuff, that's going to get out of hand fast. That is cool. That's a cool. I didn't see that action. I like yeah. that. Um, I think this. <laughs> I, I this set's going to change how people play. Like. That's one thing, like autoencoder. I think if you see that, that's like another card that you have to discard autoencoder against. Um, I think Infernus, people are gonna but... maybe not always. I, I would say a lot. Like autoencoder is often a discard against Borrow because mm-hmm. it just really. I think so. Yeah. Hundo P. Yeah. Seahawk <laughs> <laughs> likes to live dangerously. But, I do for sure. Um, uh, like Infernus, you know, like in the past it's so often that you would be like just targeting the pips for Infernus, but I think mm-hmm. against the Grim Reminders within Infernus, you're going to be targeting very specific cards way more often than you're even going to care to worry about Amber Control with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tricky thing, right? It always was a tricky thing, and I think uh, we would see a lot of players go for pips just by default when it's not even the right choice usually, yeah. but we're going to see it more often where they avoid the pips yeah and i I, but i think also like you're just saying nobody running in furnace like everyone's like whoa is great whoa is me like yeah zyger stocks rising i'm I'm excited for that for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, i will say too that i i i went into the first games with grim reminders not really well i wasn't sure how great of a number 10 would be for haunted like it feels like a nice round number that they kind of picked out of the air but I do feel like there was, it was actually a really, really interesting tension point. Like it felt like you were building up to it. It felt like when you got there, you were at 10 for a reasonable amount of time before you flipped your deck. Um, you know, if it was like seven or like 12 or something, you know, you'd be like, oh, they, they probably tested this and seven or 12 is the right number. But uh, but 10 felt like a good number for uh, for Haunted. And what's more, I thought there was a lot of tools to manage hauntedness and uh even even just outside of actual cards that shuffle or or force discards and what have you, but uh, your ability to discard or to hold cards, uh, it was like haunted was important enough. It felt important enough in that environment to like bend your play around, and uh, and I wasn't sure that was going to be the case. So it was it was cool to see. Yeah, yeah. and this also was a night that this was Saturday night that they did this, and uh, we I've been playing Keyforge for like ever leading up to it so uh just felt like um i was just there to have fun and just see what happens and i'm glad that they put it saturday night like after the big day like right before the top four cut for each format like people are there to just basically celebrate and have fun so it was like the perfect time perfect thing to do um i just really appreciate that it was done at all agreed um and i'm also glad that it wasn't that Grim Reminders was not the set for the last chance qualifier. Very glad about that. that. I'm Very so glad, glad about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were some people that like, I think Data Forge might have been one of the ones. I don't know. Sorry if I'm calling you out incorrectly, but um, they said that that'd be really cool if that was the, the last chance qualifier. And I would have hated that. Like, I think it's supposed to be a competitive event and it was. And I think that would have kind of taken away a lot of the competitive balance that you'd see from it. So. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Because like it's also like a test ground for GG to be like, well, is sealed competitive? Well, like obviously if they're noting it is competitive if they're using it as a last chance qualifier for the world championship. Yeah. But it's with Woe, which had been well established as a set. People had been playing it. Um, 
maybe not for the some of the internationals, um, but uh, for us, it it had been out for I played first played it at KFC the year before, so it's like mm-hmm. okay, this is a well-established set. I know what to look for. I know how to right. build my deck and do good with it. So yeah, uh, I just want to say that Data Forge Stream is exonerated. He did not say that. For the record. <laughs> records records clear. i do i do think it was a a, a common sentiment though that like yeah. some people are like oh i wish it's grim reminders so mm-hmm. i i had heard that before too mm-hmm. but do we transition into the lcq now talk about that sure yeah, sounds good sure how's sure. that how'd that feel to you guys how'd you do in the uh, yeah how'd it feel jt <laughs> russell <laughs> oh man uh, yeah i was uh I was sitting at the at the terminal at the gate, ready to board my plane, and uh, got a call from uh, from home. My my daughter fell off the monkey bars and broke her arm, and she's on the phone like like, "Daddy, please come home." Like, well, I can't I can't go play Aww. games while you're like maybe uh, getting getting you know your arm operated on or, or something. But uh, so I went back home and changed my flights the next day, and just kind of made sure she was good and she she was fine. But you know we weren't sure if there was anything. Uh, more gonna happen, but but uh, be that as it may, it all worked out well. Uh, we were just kind of shaken up in the moment, uh, but I did miss the last chance qualifier, unfortunately. But to uh, to quick draws benefit, I mean, he got my decks. I, I was just gonna say, <laughs> I, I literally must have opened your deck because I never open anything good, and you only open good things. And it just so happens that I opened a really good deck for the LCQ. It's because you uh, opened it right next to our Legionary, Church of Legionary Scholars. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I did have the opportunity to play Legionary Trainer and Scholar, and you did. I did, I did not do it. Gosh, um, uh, I, I mean, I talked to you about it. I feel okay with that decision. I don't think that I had a good mix of token generation and Sarian to do it, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I decided I would not um, sacrifice card quality for that. Um, okay. I, I ended up going, I think six and one. I forget how many games it was. It was a lot of games. You that know, day. you know what it was. No, I don't. Oh I literally gosh. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even. I, I took notes. Actually, this is a great thing. I don't have it with me. I have. I forgot so much about the Philly Vault Tour that I decided to bring a notebook this time, and I was, I think, almost perfect at writing my notes about the game right after the game. So I will have to go back to my notebook to see how many games it was. I think I was six and one, and then they did the top cut, and I lost my first top cut match. But it was good mm-hmm. enough for sixth place, um, which was my choice of Archon or Alliance in the World Championship on Saturday, which was Whew. totally incredible. Like it felt so good, and uh, I, I wish you were there too, JT, because um, it would have been you playing with that deck that I played with. Well, I may not have uh, piloted it as well, so you know. <laughs> oh gosh, so oh. excited that you made that, dude! That was so <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you, man. Um, I and the best part about it is that it was a whirlpool deck that I opened, and yeah, uh, I honestly, I I lost two games with it, um, including the top cut, and both games I would have won, I think, if I had discarded the the whirlpool, but I just couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I had a similar relationship with Oofbert device, but yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, that is rough and sealed. <laughs> yeah, it's a great but card. I, but I know what you mean. I, could you tell me more about your whirlpool deck? Okay, so uh, specifically I, the Saurian. The Saurian I that I left out. So um, I have the deck here, so I can refresh my old man memory. Um, I ended up having so the deck I opened was a Equidon Saurian Unfathomable. I swapped out the Saurian 
which included two legionary trainers because I'm an idiot. And I put in a Mars package that just had a like more targeted C. It had two genetic blasts. It had some token generation with the Vatminders. Um, and it just felt like a little bit more well-rounded that I was looking for. Um, the Saurian itself would have been good. I, I, in fact, the deck itself is, is very good with it. Um, but it didn't have a ton of capture. And so when you're playing in sealed, I had like a shrewd investor. I had some capture pips. Uh, you know, it's, it's a tricky decision because my whirlpool also had a capture pip with it. And so it was so tempting to play it, uh, knowing that I had a little bit of capture, but I wasn't sure what they had. turns out I played against Sanctum like almost every game. And I was careful to discard it quite a lot. Um, and oddly enough, my second and third games, this is crazy coincidence. The second and third games I played were both against other whirlpool decks that had the cleric token. Like Ooh. two games in a row, two different players had whirlpool and cleric. And I lost one of them. Um, and oh, actually, did I lose one of them? I think I won both. Um, I got to check my notebook. I don't know. I, I won both of those ones, but um, I was like, I had to abyssal slate the whirlpool once, and I felt so sad that I took away their whirlpool. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to do it. You know, I was uh, I was still getting sweaty at that point, and I had no choice. Uh, maybe this is the nerd in me, but one of my favorite nuggets of information that you dropped about your deck was about um, Scylla and Charybdis. Yeah. Um, one of my locals told me this, and I am not a uh, like a mythology history buff, but um, apparently Scylla and Charybdis are like mythological creatures that created whirlpools in the Mediterranean Sea. And uh, one of my locals told me this last week, uh, and I was like so stoked about that. Like that's such a cool like theme that goes along with this deck and then it turns out i look and I'm like i have one or two other whirlpool decks with that same combination that i'm now going to see in a different light yeah that's cool i love that that's, that feels like a, a fun fact for ketzer as well i feel yeah. like ketzer would appreciate it's that like one. it's a true whirlpool deck and yeah. it looks amazing okay. yeah oh, so cool <laughs> so how about uh, you Peacock? how is your lcq i loved my lcq even though i i uh I lost. I think I went um, three, two. Uh, so I no, not even two, two. I uh, lost my first game because I turned one Oofbear device, and uh, my opponent has Unfathomable. I think nothing of it, and then my <laughs> opponent reveals on the very next turn Befuddle, and he names the house I just called, which was Star Alliance, and I was like. This is great. <laughs> uh, instantly regret this decision. And then a couple of turns later, I'm about, I'm like, okay, I feel okay. I feel like this is recoverable. I just went this house. This is the only house I can do. And it's fire. It looks so good. I'll be able to take him off check and do this. It reveals another befuddle <laughs> into the house I had just called. So I can do nothing. I have no board. He's being very meticulous and like taking care of my creatures at the house that I just went. Uh, that I and then if he didn't, uh, that I'm about to go into, and then he just uses befuddle, and he has three in the deck, three nice. befuddles, and uh, he flips and gets befuddle, abyssal sight, and the befuddle has a capture pip on it. If the befuddle didn't have a capture pip on it, I won, but Oof. it did, and I was so mad. I was like, God dang it. I'm not going to play Oofbear Device again, especially against Unfathomable. I'm like, okay. Game two, I drop Scout uh, Kajir. What's his name? Scout Scout Chief. Yeah, Scout Chief Gorgir. 
Cordier and uh, Mirror Shell. And then, I, so I have two Berserker tokens, and I play Hawkins. In between, I'm gaining two Amber. I feel great. I'm like, turn two. This is like my, like, I'm, I feel good. And he looks at my, my line of creatures, and you can see, like, alarm bells are going off in his head. And he fights uh, something else and leaves my scout chief with mirror shell on it. And he's like, oh, God, what did I just do? <laughs> and, and the very next turn, I call Marcus over, um, Sofaltis online, who was one of the judges at the event. I'm like, just to be clear, can this happen? And I rule a sixth scout chief because berserkers enter play ready and enraged. And against an empty board, they can then reap. And make another token because they're then scout chief, and then uh, so I rule a sixth, and that was great. It was so good. I was like, man, this is awesome. Uh, yeah. Game three uh, went up against Ned Mike um, or Jeremy, and uh, it was it was a berserker fest. So we were just like smacking faces against each other, just uh, and uh, but I had uh, Mars, and uh, he had finally outboarded me. And I'm like, okay, good. And I, I played Genetic Blast. I played Mars Needs Amber. And I finished it with Kaboom. It was glorious. And he, and uh, he was like, you know, if you didn't have that Kaboom, I think I still could have recovered. And mm. I'm like, good thing I did. Yeah. Uh, and then game four, I played against Captain Crispy, um, Logan. Uh, and I had a, a great start. It felt so good. I was ahead, and then there was a turning point in the game, and it was when I was getting to check with a bonus pip with none other than Oofbear device <laughs> against a deck with Unfathomable. Oh, no. <laughs> and the Befuddle also had a capture pip, and I was devastated. <laughs> So that was the only way to get the check, was to play the device. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That really flies in the face of the uh, axiom of always be checking, right? uh, Yeah, for sure. I was like, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. Because here's the thing. I was ahead. I was was ahead enough where, like, I just needed to be able to play what I needed to play next turn. And because I could have done something to upset his key, do something more. But oof, bear device. Yeah. Wrecked me. Yeah. You know, I... uh... It's, we have a recurring theme on pronunciation, uh, and my brother, my brother came on once to do a double-sided artifact episode about this artifact. And do you say "oofbert" device because you uh, you play it and you go "oof"? <laughs> so I always said "ulfbert" device with a really hard "ul l l" after that "u." Yeah. But I really like I really like oof bear device because I because <laughs> yeah, I picture I, you I like, going like oh, oof oh, oof <laughs> oof bear. <laughs> uh, I'm with JT so on good. that one. There's a, so uh, I, I pronounce the L. You but pronounce the L. Yeah, don't like, change. Don't change. I like oof bear device. Oof. It's a soft, barely noticeable L. I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. You see that L, and you you know just how to tickle it, tickle it nice and soft. <laughs> it's between an F and a B, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, good. so Marcus said his most interesting ruling uh, interaction was for the Scout Chief Mirror Shell. So mm-hmm. right congratulations. On. Thanks. Did, right did you get a badge for that? 
don't I don't know. I did get uh something special. Uh worked with Vargas to come up with some of the answers on some of his special questions. Oh, did you oh, oh so listen, I had I had some fantastic answers to those riddles and he said that they were wrong. And I was like No way. Yeah. Uh so what, like, what'd you say what'd you say? For forty his forty two jersey? I was like, this mm-hmm. is probably a Jackie Tar reference. 42 oh. being the number that Jackie Robinson wears. And it's a baseball jersey. Mm-hmm. And I was You're like, talking to a board gamer thinking he knows but about He's sports. wearing a baseball okay. jersey. Yeah, sure. Okay. And then the other one so, was 314. And I was like, this has to be P.I. Swevin. But it's not. Okay. Ah, interesting. We literally just took the house, the colors of his jersey to, and made them into a house and then... Uh, looked up on Arcana Canna the the house number the, or the card number for that house and it would be like forgive or forget would come up and we're like oh somebody probably forgot something and then like yeah so just stuff like that and so you, you what we won. did you got three correct I got some num some number correct that he was like yeah thanks uh, that's good enough <laughs> so uh, uh, fill, fill folks in who aren't, aren't sure what you're talking about. There was some sort of like uh, like contest or something. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Whoa. No, he had a little sheet of paper with some riddles on it, and so at every mm-hmm. vault tour of the past year, Marcus has worn a different baseball jersey with a different color scheme and a different number on the back, and okay. each number has some kind of significance in KeyForge, and so you had to guess what was the significance of that number and sometimes the colors in the jersey also played into the relevance of that number mm. yep and it could be like a card name it could be the flavor text it could be it could be something related to it so i went literal with the keyboard references instead of extrapolating with like 314 and stuff being pi yeah that's good i uh i always hear uh Three one four and think of uh, Mission Impossible. I don't know why. Job three fourteen, right? I don't know. <laughs> deep cut there. Yeah, but, it, uh, it is pretty deep. I don't get that one. There was a there's a chat from DataForge stream that says forty two has to be a portal reference. I don't get that. Can you help uh, us out there? Uh, portal. Um, is that the flavor text? Is is that four two in some in some language? I don't know. Perhaps I don't know. Uh, the meaning of life. Yeah. Checkers Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, I I have to say that um, Marcus mm. may have said that was his most interesting ruling interaction, but um, oh, that is a Hitchhiker's um, Guide to the Galaxy reference. See, I, I don't know. By it. There you go. I'm not a nerd like Beehawk. I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I felt that the uh, most interesting rules interaction that I had came on Saturday night. I think it was Game One of the Grim Reminders tournament, and it was like about 8.50 or so. And they, they made an announcement over the, uh, the loudspeakers that this was last call for the bar. And uh, I raised my hand for a judge. <laughs> and uh, my favorite ghost, Michael, comes over. He's like, yeah, what's up? And I said, uh, so um, I'm playing a game here, but um, they just made a last call. Would you go buy me a beer? And he was like, sure, what do you want? And he came back with a beer of my choice within five minutes. And I tipped so that man. So good. <laughs> And Michael's uh, awesome. <laughs> he's my hero. Like yeah. he is. I told him after the event, I was like, "You're a legend." Just so you know that. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> was. That just made my entire weekend. Like. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, Last call is pretty early there. I will say. Last call, I think, was at it was like what ten. I thought it was nine. nine. Maybe maybe ten. Nine. I don't remember. Yeah, but, I think it was nine. Um, 
And he didn't even uh, he didn't even find out that you're only 20. He didn't so. even card me. I know. Thank <laughs> <God>. <laughs> no, we can't joke about that. We're gonna get him in trouble. Uh -huh. yeah. these, these are in uh, these are in sloppy lab work years. You know, we have some young, you know, dubious dubious age schemes. I don't know. Yeah, because Crusaders what 14, 15, uh, 13. 15. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> that's funny. I don't know if I had any great uh, any great uh, rulings though. I did get a badge from Marcus, which is a lot of fun, uh, because I had at one point uh, called him over to help me convince my opponent uh, that uh, they were supposed to get Amber from the witch that gives you Amber when you shuffle, because they were instructed to shuffle by a card uh, while having an empty discard pile. And, uh, and I was oh. saying, no, 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 you should still get that Amber. And they were not sure. And uh, we, we got the judge over to, to clear things up. Um, Here it is. I found mine. Yeah, this is the badge. So again, there's the badge. There's the badge. Kudos to you guys watching on Twitch. You can see this is what the badge looks like. Is it focused at all? Is it is it visible? Yeah, yeah, I see it. yeah. Okay, well, perfect. Um, looks good to I, me. I got this bad boy because I my one of the games that I lost in the LCQ went to time, and um, I was facing this situation that like the whole board itself looked like one of those puzzles that people post on Facebook or elsewhere. I was like, I looked at it, I was like, there has to be an answer here for me to like get seven Amber this turn and win the tiebreaker by one. And he just said he really appreciated my approach to the situation of like, you know, thinking of it like a puzzle and just trying to solve the puzzle and, you know, not being like super sweaty about it, but just trying to like think critically about it. And he appreciated that with the game that went to time. So um, that's how I got okay. my badge. Nice. We really do have some great, uh, great judges, great folks volunteering their time. And, you know, Marcus and Blinking Line have been at, I think, every event that I've seen, certainly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Marcus has been doing this thing where he's printing out these patches, giving them out to folks that he's had good interactions with. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. And you can see folks mm -hmm. really appreciating getting them. Um, I, I mean, it was a weekend for great swag. I, uh, so I got one of those patches. I had some custom keys made by Zoc that I was sporting, got lots of compliments on. So that was, that was super cool to have. Um, so thank you much again, Zach. That was awesome. And, and with my, uh, with my, uh, my ABR play mat, getting uh, lots of compliments on the ABR play mat too. So very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I got my first slappy lab work tea. Uh, yeah. that was nice. You thank you, you very much. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Oh, did you guys, did you guys rock the sleeves this weekend? Ooh, I no. brought them with me and I did not. I uh I don't have them on me. I wish I had them. Oh, I rocked uh, the gift from you, Quick Draw. I used that on my Sealed Alliance. Uh, the sleeve, the sleeves, you mean? Yeah, the sleeves. Yeah. Those are so cool. Yeah. Thank you, man. Got yeah. lots of good compliments on those. Do you, do you have them right behind you? I see you have a bunch of. I looked. Checks there. Uh, no, they're they're no. in another box. That's uh beyond my grasp. Yeah. Um, anyone watching will have to tune in next week to see these sleeves. Absolutely. This was cool. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I, so we made a trade, we made a deck trade quick draw. Uh, <laughs> and the deck you gave me had custom sloppy lab work sleeves on them. Yeah. I didn't even notice until the end of the weekend. I didn't look in the back. I was just like, and, Oh, I, I love this deck. Yeah. But I didn't look at the back of the sleeves. Yeah. And I kept quiet. I was like, he's going to see that sometime. And <laughs> he's going to hopefully enjoy that. Yeah. Yep. Much enjoyed, much enjoyed. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. So super cool. Well, I mean, lots of highlights to be sure. I, I want to talk a little bit too about um, the Q&A stuff, things that, they, that were said. Um, 
and nuggets that we gleamed or or things that we were hoping to hear but maybe didn't hear uh if it's if it's hard to transition unless there's anything else you folks wanted to hit first oh i do want to uh touch on the world champs themselves just Mm. like so um just in terms of the people that were in it so like i had miggy and paul or isawa and Vargast all in my car driving up to Kansas City. And uh, I remember, I just want to tell this story because I just love this story about the Legionary Scholars, the church, the Legionary Scholars, and how uh, Vargas and I were like first to hop in. And uh, last vault tour for Roseville, I, Miguel was testing. He kept trying to make some Amberling work. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me show you. Here's some. Legionary trainer, scholar pods, do something with that. Trust me, it's great. And he and we both used that in our alliance for the Roseville Vault Tour. Loved it. And he just like caught this bug. And Dataforce Stream like pointed out to me, he's like, Hey, your buddy's he's active, actively acquiring pods for this. I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. He because Miguel would like just send me links is like what do you think of this what do you think of this i'm like that's great uh that's awesome and just like be super excited about it to have someone in 100 percent for legionary scholar and then uh he gets it in he gets into the alliance track from the last chance qualifier and um isawa got into the archon for the last chance qualifier and we're all sitting in our hotel room trying to figure out what to play and Miguel had an idea, but Miguel, but um, Vargas and I had some ideas for like what could be better for his other pods. Um, and Paul, we were trying to convince to use one of Vargas's decks, symbol, which is the triple legionary, trainer, scholar, double inspiring oration, just such a good deck. I like I've played with and against that deck, and I think it's amazing. I'm like Paul, this is it. We're inducting you into the Church of Legionary Scholar tonight, <laughs> and and he was all like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't. Is it really that good? It's only one power. There's no amber control in this thing, and and we're like, no, no, no. just try it, just please, like." <laughs> and Vargast uh, and him were up playing some games. It's like, wow, this is this is really good. I like this. And then so like next morning, they're both walking in with decks that they ba- basically untested, like they. They only tested it the night before for a couple of hours, and uh, just that they did so well that they were XO day one for that was for the world champs was just so crazy to me that they made it that far, and then that Miguel came in third beating Dave Cordero and man uh, that that semifinals for the world championships being kind of decided by a punt it felt like in both games like that ashitaka forgot to um use his artifact to capture one and then miguel saw that he had zyx researcher because he abyssal sided got martian generosity i'm jumping up and down he's like he's got this and it's against down its dad and i'm like oh no he sees zyx researcher he could have fought to put something on top of that martian generosity just mm-hmm. didn't just reaped or something instead i'm like oh no yeah. of course donuts that i'm so excited that he went on to to win alliance but man miguel had it yeah. had it 
they they've got to be so proud of how they played though like they yeah they, they do that it. it just all of them were just so ecstatic just like super high on it the whole way home and just i'm just so happy like my car took home 22 percent of the overall world championships cash <laughs> not <laughs> so, that anyone's counting <laughs> yeah <laughs> margas is a tax guy and he just like came up with that number I'm like okay <laughs> i'll go with that <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah those guys were really super cool. great um mm-hmm. very happy for them um my my world championship run didn't go as well uh one and two you can catch my elimination game on stream against Algernon. Um but ton of fun. Um no regrets. Uh I was playing Kanben that JT had up in the background AOA deck, the Sting and Keycheats. Just um I will say the meta surprised me a bit in the in the World Championship for for Archon. There was a lot more uh AOA and Coda than I expected. I don't know what the numbers were, um but obviously the winner was playing a Coda deck. Um first print run Coda, no less. Mm-hmm. And uh I just I expected a lot more mass mutation and winds of exchange like we'd seen at recent vault tours, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, that's that was interesting for sure. Yeah, I'm would, excited to see the numbers love, when they publish them. I would love to see, yeah, detail breakdown on both sides because uh, I did feel like there was a decent amount of woe on the open side, but it didn't sound like a ton on the main event side. So interesting, very interesting. Yeah. I, I only stuck around for three games, but um, I played against one Woe in those three games. And then game one was AOA, which I knew looking at the Archon cards, it was a really rough matchup with a TMTP and two Brens and Sharkamedes mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it is that's Keyforge. It happens. Um, I have no regrets about it. Uh, I thought I played all right. I, I did go back. I, I need to think about, like, the... Uh, like, JT, you were, you were talking about one of our future topics potentially being, like, I forget how you worded it. Uh, like visualization and um, calculation. And I think that mm-hmm. this is kind of what you're referring to really is um, I was trying to think ahead a few turns, like with the sting out and do I binate rupture here? And do I have enough card draws to get my key cheats in time? Or should I just go to shadows a turn early just to get rid of the sting? And so I I might've made a miscalculation. I had my reasons at the time. So I don't know if I would call it a misplay, but um, you know, no regrets again. Um, a yeah. lot of fun, and I thought the coolest thing, um, big surprise for me at the very end after the award ceremony, they announced that um, they printed out posters for everybody that qualified of the deck that they played, and so that's what JT's showing here is the poster that I got for the deck that I played that qualified. Um, well, the deck didn't qualify. Um, the deck I played at the World Championship, which I have, it's super cool. I, I'm so happy with it. I know some people like weren't really excited about posters for the game found, but this is to me but like it is symbolizing like what it meant is so cool though yeah like that's exactly. the thing for me yeah um so. yeah so i loved it i i'm mm-hmm. very happy with that surprise from ghost galaxy so kudos to them for making that happen yeah yeah that was a really cool moment and folks uh it, i don't know it can sound underwhelming if you if you just hear about it after the fact uh but certainly as a, as a symbol of like what it meant for the weekend and the culmination of like the year of playing and like all the testing that went in and like you have to realize that in the moment you know you, you hear like oh and one more thing like behind the doors back there like all the 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 posters are up there you know it's just really cool really yeah. cool uh really cool kind yeah. of moment um so we were all we we're all walking around for a while too looking at posters of decks um and folks are like what the heck does this one do <laughs> like, yeah also know. one thing i really loved was uh the night the like right before the top four was announced 
they made po they put out the posters for all the decks in the semis. So all what is it, eight decks, four for each mm -hmm. format. And people are like, What? They're like actually showing, like publishing before everyone goes to bed, what's there? And that was just super cool. Although I do wish that they had let the name be the deck name that the user submitted, although they had known that it would be used. I'm sure people would have put a little more time into it. But Miguel's <laughs> was so good. His was broken but still good. A, a nice little Lilo and Stitch <laughs> reference. <laughs> uh, so good. But yeah, I loved that aspect of it because it just w really was like it felt like this is a world championships. Like people don't need to like be hiding their decks or anything. And it also eliminates the fact that like some teams, like anybody that was there they could have known exactly what decks were being played. Like, because that's kind of like the team's job is to be like, no, this person was playing this deck. This person was playing this deck. So the whole thing is like, so you're prepared for your matchups. And this was like, no, every, anyone should know this. You shouldn't be hiding behind some mystery factor of it. Just felt like it elevated the game. Yeah. That reminds me the the logistics of the world championship as well. They were very careful about how they organized it. They had no spectators in the room. Uh, when you finished a game, they made you leave the room immediately, so there was no scouting involved. They held so your deck for you, um, so between games, you did not have access to your deck, so they ensured that it was the correct cards that were in the deck every time. Um, I just thought the organization was was top notch there for Superb. everything. Superb, so ensuring good. the integrity of the event was was really yeah. Good. yeah, I felt mm -hmm. confident in it the whole time. Yep. Uh, on the open side, not to detract from your world championship oh, run there. Open. It was, it was a short um, run. Not much more to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I I lost in the final round that would have been like cut to top eight to um what's his name? Symbol? No, not symbol. I'm thinking of the deck name. It's mm. let me it's I just played him. You gotta check your sloppy um, notebook. I do. That's <laughs> what I'm looking for. Uh Sunday. Sunday. Oh, was his sure, name. sure. Um, yeah. So I played him in my final match. Uh, I I got grondled, <laughs> mm. grondled <laughs> with a fish token, and for some reason I just couldn't get rid of it, and it just it just dismantled me somehow. Just like he just started getting, he like he uh, we exchanged deck lists at the very beginning of the game, and I'm like oh we need to switch deck lists, and it's like oh no that's it. And I look again, because what catches me, my eye, is the fact that on the right, my deck list has three Fathom Reavers. And he handed me a deck list on the right side and three Fathom Reavers. And that's why I'm like, no way. Like, this is a, these look identical, but then I look, oh, okay, so you have a fish token and all this other stuff. But uh, he ended, I ended up, like, using Swapper to get a fish to to get a Fathom Reaver. But then I I, just, I still just couldn't do anything about Grondel. I just couldn't get to my stuff. Spartasaur is buried. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, about Spartasaur. Spartasaur uh, did did nothing the whole open tournament. Oh. Uh, it, it was in my first game. It was the first token to get, uh, and then the the second and third tokens were closed door negotiations. Mm. And that first game was against a Coda Rush deck. Um, so the Spartasaur, I didn't really care that much. Didn't really help a whole lot. The only problem is that he had Gateway Arise Russian Guntus, but that ended up not being a problem. It was mostly that he just gained so much Amber 
and my closed-door negotiations were tokens. Uh, but he did say if you had had either of those, he would have lost. So yeah, I took that with a grain. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, game two, I went up against someone, uh, Yakin, who had a DT deck. It was one of the coolest DT decks I've seen. Or sorry, that was game three. Um, game two was against Grave Honor. Um, it was just there to have fun. Um, and I was sitting next to Sad Cry Bear and Vargast, which Sad Cry Bear got eliminated in that KFC last year from Vargast because they had both lost their first game, and then Vargast beat beat Sad Cry Bear and then made a run all the way to top eight. Well, Sad Cry Bear was there for a revenge match, sitting across the table from Vargast, and Vargast went 0-2. Sad sad face day. I sat right next to that. Uh, and then game three was against Yakin. Uh, he's younger, rocking this DT deck. I'm like, man, you're you're doing quick draw proud representing this set. <laughs> but uh, it had a really cool star alliance with Double Triska, Hings, Gross, United Action, or uh, Unity or Discord. Is that it? The what? Yeah. The bouncy yeah. one. The bouncy mm-hmm. so you could use. And uh... it also had Together. Nice. And Espion, and. Uh, he had his logos was like a final analysis data forge, really cool thing. Cool. And I was I was like, I'm about to get comboed. And uh, <laughs> one turn, what it it almost happened. It mm. it almost happened. Like he was like just a couple cards off from drawing to flip, so that he could get back some stuff. Because uh, he can so... he can play the together to play the final analysis. And yeah. then the data forge to forge and probably just replay all of those Star Alliance creatures. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. It's really it was really nutty. Really crazy. Uh and with the Unity or Discord and the Triscos being able to have it enter play ready. Oh man. Oh man. Wild. <laughs> uh and then the third game I played against Zenzi Zenzi Zenzik, who's in my NKFL division. Like, all right, we're getting a little preview here for our, our match. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, last game I uh, turned one holofested and just called Robnar the rest of the game. I'm like, wow, that <laughs> sounds like a nice walk-off win. And uh, and I like, I look at my hand and I'm like, I'm breathing a sigh of relief because I'm like, this is a great hand. It's like trainer, longasaur. Like that's all I need. Like most of the time to feel okay. And then he. Uh, and I turn one play Fathom Reaver, right? So, like, I feel like, okay, I have a token. My token can reap, and it could do something if he doesn't take care of Fathom Reaver. Fathom Reaver is a great card. Uh, but what he does after I play that is he plays Holofest on his turn one and just drops a boatload of creatures. And I just look at that, I'm like, oh, God. Oh no! And he's like, "Well, sounds like this will be a lot like last game." <laughs> he's got four chains. He only draws to four because of the Fathom Reaver. I'm like, "Okay, that feels okay." And I'm like, well, "Let's just see what happens." And I go my Scholar turn. I I play Trainer. I I tokenize some garbage. I reap. I draw an Arm the Plebs. I'm like, "Okay, that's good. Arm the Plebeums. That'll give me another token." I I I play it. And then I draw something okay. Then I play Longasaur and I draw into Phalanx Strike after I, I reap with that creature. And I'm able to get rid of Hermola Toon 
And I should have done Volca, but I did a Brick Nasty because it was a double Brick Nasty. Hmm. Volca would have set me up better, but he had to sacrifice a lot of his board to get rid of what I had presented to him. Yeah. So I, and I felt pretty good about what was in my hand to carry on from there, especially considering how many chains he had. Uh, so that was like one of my more satisfying wins uh, was recovering from a turn one Holofest. So. <laughs> So much for turn one Holofest being an auto win then, right? Yeah, I I proved it is not the case. I'm surprised that um the Brick Nasty is a common choice. Like I, I don't blame you at all for that after Harmalatoon. I actually if it were me would have maybe done the Gedhammer. Hmm. Just to, like, um so uh Gedhammer, sorry. So I I did I did do Gedhammer because uh, I had I think something else. I think the mm. Volca is actually like you. You brought up some good points. Like the Volca is a sneaky good choice there against scholars. Yeah. 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 Get hammer would have been good, um, but I did the Hermelatune. No, no, no. The Hermel's yeah. great. You have to get rid of the Hermel yeah. first. Hermel's uh, but the go. second one for the the second part of Phalanx Strike should have been between Brick Get Hammer Volca. And Volca. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a really tough decision. It is. I think mm. I think Volca should have been the choice because. The splash attack, because of the way that I play my cards, it ends up being like scholar creature, scholar creature, scholar creature. So then it's just like, it's kind of easy to just fight three times and wipe a board of six. So yeah, <clears throat> Oof, but he wow. gains less hammer for it. Yeah, you have such vivid memory of your games. Um, I did write down some of them. I mean, but, I wrote down some too, and it would take me a very long time to figure out what happened in these games. Well, you, re- you remember the order, you remember the opponent, you remember the turn one. Uh, I yeah, I guess it's impressive. So I thanks, nerd. It's just <laughs> <laughs> there you're, it is. <laughs> you're building up to that. We saw it coming. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, it was it was fun. I I. Also, I uh, also had a run up until the the winning in rounds and did not win the in, winning in round. Um, my last one, my last game was against. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. He he told me just to say Carl after a couple failed attempts. Uh, <laughs> but the player uh, Benquo, Benquo, uh, I'm not sure how to say Benquo, um, Benko maybe was playing the um, the Vault Master Halifest deck that ended up in the finals against uh, Ben the Monkey. Uh, and uh, I, I he, that's the one uh, that had Grim Reminder with it, right? That's the one that had Grim Reminder with it, yeah. Jeez. And uh, and a couple copies of Ganger Chieftain uh, to Ooh, to get things with rolling. Holofest? That's with so much better than Shock Herder, man. That's cool. <laughs> it's good. I mean, sometimes you you do want Shock Herder to be able to uh, bite die. into something small, yeah, and die, yeah. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I also had Think Twice uh, Data Forge stream. Absolutely. Uh, so it was cool. Uh, I I won't say that I, my opponent played really well. Uh, they played better than I did. I won't say that I, I lost on a punt, but I definitely uh, made mistakes in that that uh, hurt my chances a lot. Yeah. And ones that I ones that I kind of identified, like like plays that I identified while reading the deck list, uh, just kind of like derfed on in the moment. And uh and uh womp womp mm-hmm. yeah. um have a have a very tempting um oh gosh i'm blanking on the name now in the moment uh belligerent guard with an, with an amber pip on it 
And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm just good at this game. I'm just going to make traders. Uh, my deck makes traders. And I'll just leave one powered dudes out there and uh, get hammer. We'll have nothing to fight into. To uh, uh, Or uh, rather, uh, Armola Tune will have nothing to fight into. Uh, whichever one. The, the ready and enraged. Have hammers that to... destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to fight into. Uh, and then in the moment, just got really greedy. Played my... Uh, Played my belligerent guard, got a couple of under and uh, made two keys. I, very I, then, I yeah, hate that card, it? man. Just it's it's drawing what they need. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. I like it a lot. It was a bad play when I played it, and I like knew the moment when I played it. Um, and if I, yeah, I don't know, would have been a much had much better chances just sticking to making traders, you know. But we all had the same moment bump. though this weekend of like B Hawk playing the um. Oof Bert, you Oof were Bert. playing the belligerent guard and I was playing the whirlpool. Like one of the times when I, I lost, I said to my opponent, I'm about to make a mistake. And I was like, I'll play Whirlpool. <laughs> like I, I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway. And we all had that yeah. moment here. Yeah, I think when they're looking at balancing pips, they really need to make those more complex decision cards not have pips <laughs> <laughs> make the game dumber <laughs> like <laughs> like belligerent card that basically has a pip because he could reap or fight with it you know like and then mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. whirlpool that has a pip man yeah oof bear has a pip always be discarding always be card discarding not tonight mm-hmm. reminding us from the chat yeah <laughs> yes uh we strayed we strayed from the path and we, we we paid as we should what can we say yeah um, well, well, we are we are going long, so I'm gonna move us move us uh, move okay. us along here, folks. Um, I want to do want to touch very briefly, at least, on uh, some of the Q and A stuff. Uh, if only if only for yeah. the promises that were made. Um, uh, I am excited for the uh, uh, some of the story storyline events. Um, not because I think that they'll necessarily be ones that I'm able to attend. Uh, chances are probably not great, um, but. I think it's going to be a cool thing to add to the mix, and I'm excited to dig into the lore that may hopefully come with it. Uh, Ketzer had asked last time around if we could ask if there would be any more uh, fiction coming. Uh, it does not sound like there's any fiction in the works, uh, but there are storyline events planned. And uh, Christian T. Peterson even said at one moment that he was uh, he had written some of the uh, backstory stuff for. One of the upcoming sets. I forget which of the Amber two. Skies? Amber Skies. Amber Skies. Yeah, I forget, I forget, forget which. But uh, half of me was like, like, hey, man, like, <laughs> maybe focus on making the sets. But also, <laughs> they have like four people yeah. at, the, at the company. So you do what you got to do. Um, but uh, it doesn't sound like they have uh, fiction in the works currently. But they're Sounds like an excellent some... job for chat GPT. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. The keynote this year, they were a little bit more like vague intentionally vague like they were keeping their cards close to the chest this year whereas last year they were like we're doing this we're doing this there's this much money this year was very much more like well we're gonna this is a high level plan for the next six months largely centered around like a local organized play but they didn't give a ton of details so like they didn't really give a ton of details on what the storyline events are going to be Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it sounded like, you know, they were just trying to be, they learned some lessons from last year about like making promises that they couldn't keep. And I think they're just trying to, you know, give us some goodies about what's coming, but not really like commit to anything or make any specific promises about it. Which is now we're realizing that's why they don't, other companies don't be so vocal about what's going on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause they, they were new and like, yeah, no, we'll be honest. This is what we're shooting for. And then it's like, oh, well we didn't get there. 
and race and it's like yeah. not a lot of people had that so yeah um yeah the messaging was much more measured much more i, I want to say reserved it's still very very enthusiastic lots of excitement from the gg folks too mm-hmm. um but we didn't see a, sl- a slide uh that uh, got you know screen captured a lot from the last one which is like this is, these are going to be the tiers of the events with with money attached to each, and this is how many of each type we're going to run. Like we didn't see a slide like that. It was more of like, yeah, we're going to push some of the uh, store level organized play more, but there wasn't like a level of detail behind that assertion, right? Um, there was a lot of a lot of enthusiasm, but much more measured in, in their in their messaging, um, which I think is probably yeah, it was probably good. They they maybe got out a little bit ahead of their skis uh, last time. Um, and are being a little bit careful about that this time around. This is fair. Which yeah, is fair. thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, there was one question that I wanted to ask, and Fabulousing asked that asked that for me. I was very happy about that. It was about power creep and um, if they are kind of intentionally, you know, trying to introduce power creep into these sets or how they're managing to control it. And the answer um, to me, I, to be honest, was not super satisfying um they kind of said they don't go into the set you know with the intention of power creep which has kind of like a a hidden meaning to me that like maybe they don't maybe they're doing it subconsciously and they don't realize it or maybe um they don't realize they're like i don't know it's i wanted to hear them say like yeah like we know that these last few sets are more powerful and we're going to try to control that and rein that in but it sounded the last few uh referring to grim reminders and Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. all right. Jury's out on that one, but yeah, jury's out for sure. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to hear more acknowledgement that yeah, like the last Grim Reminders and Winds of Exchange were more powerful. Like the the answer kind of sounded to me like you know they didn't think they were, and I don't really agree with that. And so that gives me a little pause about like the design future. I love the design space. I just don't want it to be a continuing power creep where. Like Ecto Charge did not need to be a free key, free key cheat. It, you know, it would still be a pretty good card if it was limited to six, because um, it comes with a pip. Um, so things like that. Like I did, I, I thought there was some unnecessary power creep in these sets where the cards would be perfectly fine. Uh, you know, toned down a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but I also think power creep was incidental to the mechanic and the gimmick of the set. And yes, sure, you could make an argument that Unfathomable having basically two different cards that did the same thing, unlike any other set, like there's Daughter, there's Mother, there's not Daughter daughter and Mother, but in Unfathomable and, well, there's Fuguru and Fathom Reaver, and then for the Control of the Week equivalent, there's Illusions of Grandeur and Befuddle, and pairing that with a common of Abyssal Sight, like, that's just crazy. And then there's sunk cost and plunder. Like, just wild. So, mm-hmm. I love it. I, I'm i not a disc main right now. I'm an unfathomable main. And uh, I like it. <laughs> I like the wet disc. Uh, but I, I don't think the... I think it's almost balanced because of the tokenizing mechanism being so random. And it's kind of like that critique I had a long time ago about how, like, yeah, they're, they're, look at all these really cool cards we designed. And somebody else is like, you know what would be even better? A one-powered token. And the guy's like, what? <laughs> and then you play it, and you're like, yeah, sometimes my best cards are tokens, and sometimes my worst cards are tokens. And 
there's that range where sometimes it feels amazing and sometimes it feels awful. So, but usually it's somewhere in the middle. Um, mm. I I think that's really what Woe is. I don't think the card design now that Woe's out. I think if we were to care, compare like our our gleamings of Grim Reminders to other sets, except for Woe, I think maybe you could say there's an argument for Power Creep. But now that Woe's out, and it is Power Creep, it's kind of like the the set after the hype, you know? Just is not there. That's why DT. So maybe it's a DT. I don't know. Hmm. We'll we see. just don't want to be the uh, we don't want to be the Mercadian masks, you know, coming right. after Urza block where it, well for the for the MTG history uh, nerds out there, right? Uh, we had Urza block, which was like bananas over the top power level wi- level wise, and the designers got pulled into the CEO's office and were like, "If you do this crap again, like you're out of here," you know. And then <laughs> the next set we get or the next block we get is masks block, which is like Dud City. And yeah. uh, we probably lost more folks from that than anything else. Uh, now that you mention it, I might have quit during the masks block because I definitely See? loved the Urza's block, and mm-hmm. I remember like quitting shortly after Mercadia Masks came out. It was a, it was a big deal. It was folks folks just thought it was boring. Uh, I, I was very was casual, so like I'm not yeah. really like. Uh, there was probably other reasons that I quit. The, <laughs> the the real question is if not if not power creep. Uh, and this is not necessarily no, not, not meant to be a straight up argument for it, but like, like how we sell in the packs, you know, uh, is it, is it, are we, is our kind of idea just that there's going to be different experiences and that's, what's going to get people to buy, uh, keep buying new packs. Uh, cause if it's not like, Hey, there's something even better here, uh, then what's the driver. Uh, and that's probably not a top, we're not a topic for tonight, but it'd be an interesting one to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Any other I questions? mean, I am looking forward to a set that doesn't need a gimmick. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think it, I mean, I think a hook or like a marquee mechanic is probably fine. They actually am I am I misremembering this? Did the did the ghosts throw out the term block at one point um, in reference to a combination of multiple sets? Uh, I don't know uh, if I'm just misremembering that. Um, I don't think I heard that. Hmm. Definitely a magic term. It's definitely a magic term, mm. uh, but. Maybe not. Uh, one one thing that did catch my my ear, though, uh, they were reluctant to commit to st- any sort of structure um, for the next season, uh, and even even hinted that sealed might be a thing that's being considered. Um, oh man! Oh, it was it was hinted, or at least it was it was it was asked whether or not it would be and was not shot down. <laughs> yeah. We'll say that. I don't want to like over, uh, over, uh, I don't know, give a bad characterization. Um, it was not they gave shot a down. Lot of, yeah. They gave yeah. a lot of politically correct answers. Like we can neither yeah. confirm nor deny that, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it gives people hope that maybe sealed will be coming back. And there was, I think a large applause at the, the question of like, will seal come back as a, a vault mm-hmm. event. So I think the message was received. I'll tell you, after going to Gen Con in 2019 and there being the sealed main event and then the Archon main event, that was one of my favorite events. And it got tons of people locally to go because they feel like that their deck collection can't compete in Archon, but they can play the heck out of a deck that they open. And uh, that's Isawa is a prime example of that. He was mostly there because the playing event was sealed. If it was any other format, I don't think he would have made the commitment to go. Mm. I thought the yeah, I thought the last chance qualifier was sealed was perfectly fine. 
I know some people had mm. issues with it being a different format than they were playing into. I, I thought it was perfectly fine. Sealed is Keyforge to me. I think that was a great idea to use that for the last chance yeah, qualifier. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I I suspect it ended up being uh, the format for the last chance qualifier more as a, uh, I don't know, not not coincidence or out of necessity. I think they had a, had a sealed event planned for that Friday and then realized that they needed a last chance qualifier <laughs> and mm-hmm. said, hey, hey, look at the sealed event we're running already. Um, <laughs> but I hope that the hope that the reception of it yeah was heard and it definitely sounded like they were i i wouldn't be surprised to see to see high level sealed events getting pushed next year but we'll see once the announcements come i yeah. would love to i'd love to see it i think Let's it was see. 137 people playing in the last chance qualifier which means that i believe oh. that was the largest event of the year in the u.s it, certainly i don't know yes what, actually it was in the year i think florence was the next highest okay. I think, it and was it close, was yeah by like within ten people though. I think so too. Yeah. So wow. I think that says something. But mm-hmm. um, were there any other questions from the Q and A that that stuck out to you guys? I don't remember anything else in particular. Um, just some contextually relevant answers about time frame for deck copies was nice to hear about. Which is, uh, is it three to four months? Three to four months was what they had said. So it was asked where things were at with uh, the deck translations and copies of decks getting rolled out. And uh, three to four months was the answer, um, which is kind of the uh, the corporate speak of like pretty soon, uh, not immediately, but but not the end of the year. Yeah, not <laughs> Q1, know? end of Q1, probably Q2. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So it's, it's coming soon. It's in the works. Uh, I will say that I... So I was one of the I was one of the folks who opened up a duplicate deck. I had opened up a duplicate deck and thought it'd be hey, it'd be really cool to get one of those twin of decks, you know, a nice novelty. Um, and so I went down that route and got delivered a duplicate uh, a twin of deck at KFC. So like nice. those those are being rolled out. Like the presses are running. Like I don't know. Uh, it's, yeah, it's the thing they're doing. Um, I was surprised my buddy opened one as well, and he was like, "I'll just take a different deck." I think he just didn't want to inconvenience them, but I took a new deck. I had two of them, and I just took new decks because they weren't that interesting anyway. Yeah. yeah, but I have a. I just think it's kind of kind of a cool thing to have. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. not sure if it's a Jupiter or Catmara out there has the other one, um, but mm-hmm. we've got a. Yeah, I just kind of joked that the DT part of the algorithm was still in there that made evil twins, <laughs> and then they just were like. Here's a line that removes the evil twin part of the decks, and it just removed the evil twin of portion of the name. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, there's sure maybe? somebody. I I just sometimes just want to know what's going on behind the scenes there, just to see. What and everyone, decisions. during the keynote, um, they showed a video of like the production of Grim Reminders, and everybody laughed very loudly whenever they showed like this seen on the the conveyor belt they're like and this is a machine here that'll scan every deck as it comes off the conveyor belt to make sure there's no duplicates <laughs> i don't know if they did that on purpose or if that was added like i'm sure that like issue. that portion so like i'm sure what they did is like they had the printing process and it should only print one right but then they get through pr- all the printing logistics and then they get it cut and then they get it cellophane wrapped and then it's about to go into the packaging the the foil 
like maybe we should do one more check before that just in case and that that's where they i think they they had that scanner was right before it gets wrapped so yeah. that makes sense it's like okay yeah that makes sense okay cool that's what they did to prevent further copies hmm. well going forward we can say with confidence, hopefully, there were... That Keyforge is a unique deck game. Starting now. <laughs> Zero Starting days. Starting now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, uh, I don't know. I think, it's, uh, I think it's cool to have those exceptions floating around out there as long as they're not too many. And now it's like a little piece of history or something from the game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we got some of those duplicates that snuck through, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, cool. But all right, folks, I don't know. Any any final thoughts before we uh, wrap this on up? Um, um, so I got, uh, if anyone wants a chance at the second place Archon finalist and the third place in Alliance, we're doing a event this weekend here in Kansas City. Um, it's with a charity. Um, the event is called Meeple-a-thon, and it's using Meeple to help people. Um, and we're having our fourth annual Midwest Charity Keyforge Open, and the main event, uh, there's an Archon event on Friday, and uh, there's a sealed two-deck sealed survival on Saturday. That's our main event. Um, so if you're interested in that, maybe we can get a link somewhere, um, or hit me up on Discord, and we'll get you the relevant information. Uh, Really looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Yeah, I wish I could make it. I was joking uh, that I should probably try to annoy my wife all week so she gets so <laughs> so angry at me. And she's like, just get out of the house and go play Keyforge again for a weekend. And I'll just, I'll make my way to Kansas City then. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> well, yeah, it should be fun. I, I see it come up every year and I'm like, one of these times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, this time it just happened to coincide like the weekend after Worlds. So we understand it's going to, probably be a smaller event um, but we've got a really cool handmade uh trophy for the first place finisher it looks amazing uh it's designed by uh yo um by josh and uh it's the promised blade i've been seeing the in process cool. picks and seeing it done it's it's so good i yeah. i have one from a couple years ago that he made that depicts a fair game it's one of my favorite trophies awesome. i'm glad i got that one so cool. <clears throat> very cool uh, mm-hmm. And I just want to add for, I guess, probably not this week, because we have, don't have anything planned for this, but I did pick up some extra Vault Master decks and mm-hmm. would love to give one away to a listener. So don't know how we're going to do that yet, but we're probably going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I I grabbed my allotment uh, uh, before they opened the vaults and said folks could buy as much as they wanted uh, of those until they ran out. Um, but yeah, hopefully. I hope to give some away too. I have I have a couple of puzzle ideas brewing. I mm. might need I might need a uh, some a judge or two to spot check a few things, but um, maybe maybe we'll do some puzzles or something. It could be fun. Mm. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, uh, not to add to the confusion on Grim Reminders, um, but our sponsor this week <laughs> is Grim Reminder themed. Uh, uh, we're sponsored by none other than the Grim Reminder Alarm Clock. So they say rise and shine with the Grim Reminder. It's an alarm clock that ensures you wake up 
uh, one bone-chilling beep at a time. You tired of the same old mundane wake-up calls? Our clock adds a touch of the macabre to your morning routine with haunting melodies and ghostly whispers that guarantee you'll jolt out of bed. Choose from an array of eerie sounds from phantom footsteps to creaking doors. Plus, the snooze button is replaced by a spectral hand that nudges you awake with a gentle reminder of impending doom. Get the grim reminder because waking up should be an experience, not just a routine. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (laughs) Oh, Oh, folks, I want to let you all know that uh, Bottom Beaker is filmed right here at twitch.tv slash sloppy lab work, uh, typically Tuesday nights, but tonight, a Wednesday night at 930 Eastern. Uh, You can find archives of our past shows and other recordings over at youtube.com. Search for at sloppy lab work over there for the very best content. Uh, 34, no, uh, 57 times distilled and scraped from the bottom of the beaker. Search for that very phrase in your podcatcher of choice and we'll be there uh, ready to tell you all about KFC Weekend. Find all that and more at sloppylabric.com. Uh, thanks so much uh, to the Bahawk, the Bihawk, not the Ahawk, but the Bihawk for joining us tonight. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Good to see you again, Bihawk. Good yeah. to see you. And uh, a big shout out to uh, not tonight, still in the chat. Oh no, a shame on on US time. <laughs> Sorry, my friend. And yeah. also, uh, and also JDG who played in the uh, main event too. Big shout out to you and my my roomie who I got to spoon with over the weekend. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, quick draw. Any final words for the folks getting off the final audio stop? Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed KFC. If you were there, and stay sloppy.